All right. Good morning, Faith Church. Welcome, everybody, to the house. So good to have all of you guys here. Thanks so much for showing up here at our Florence campus. It's good to have you guys here. Can we show some love and welcome our Lawrenceburg Faith Church family, our Shoals family, everybody watching online, our VIPs, whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, man, we are glad that you're here today. Come on, we say it every week that we believe that Jesus, who is he? He's the hope of the world. So whoever you are, whatever you're going through, your issue, your hurt, your heartache, your habit, we believe if you open up your life to Jesus, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. How many people know that's true? Come on, let's make some noise for a good God. Hey, real quick, before we jump into the message today, I just want to make sure that as a church, we continue to celebrate and we continue to move towards the goal of taking the gospel of Jesus around the world. If you're new here, or you've been here for a while, maybe, uh, maybe you've heard the term kingdom builders. Kingdom builders is our generosity initiative where so many of you give above and beyond your general giving to help us again to partner with people all over the world, like you saw in the video. Uh, Priority One is an organization I've been a part of, my wife and I, for a long time, probably about 20 years. Uh, what they do is they raise funds and they go and they help literally around the world to build Bible colleges and training centers because they believe that the first and most important priority is to train up and raise qualified pastors to lead the local church. It doesn't matter how fast people are getting saved if they're not gifted, called, anointed, educated pastors to lead those local churches. And so these are not just local schools with uh, just somebody passing on discipleship courses. Many of what you saw are uh, master courses. We've built Bible colleges and training centers all over the world that have PhD level education. And so I just want you to know, thank you for so many of you at our Lawrenceburg campus, Shoals campus right here in Florence. You have literally given hundreds of thousands of dollars already this year. Our goal is almost a million dollars this year. So we have a ways to go. And uh, if you saw something in this video, and you're inspired maybe to hear this idea of being a, being a kingdom builder, to coming alongside of us as we come alongside of our partners, I just would encourage you, man, to get on board. If you've never given here, that money doesn't come here. It just goes through us to our partners. And I would encourage you to be a giver. Help us to take the good news of Jesus to a dark and hopeless world. We believe that Jesus, come on, he is the hope of the world. So thank you guys, man, for all of you who already give. You are making a huge, significant difference. Well, let me ask a question. How many football fans we have in the house? Maybe not so much after yesterday. Woo. I know, obviously, we are in the South, so this is huge football territory. There are football fans all over the world, especially here in, in America, again, right here in the Southeast, whether it's professional. Obviously, many of us who are football fans, we are NCAA fans of whatever our favorite team is. Let me just throw out some teams. You can make some noise just real quick. I'll just say it. Roll Tide, War Eagle, Rocky Top. Oh, go Buckeyes. Go Blue, Michigan. We got some Michigan fans. Ole Miss and Mississippi State are the same thing. No? Let's make some noise for our UNA Lions. Let's go. Home, hometown team. So we're starting a brand new series today, and here's where we're going to go. It's entitled Game Day, and what we're talking about is we're looking at a stadium. How many people have actually been inside of a stadium, not just watching on TV? Probably most of us. And there are some correlations between what is taking place in the stadium as what's happening in our spiritual journey. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at things like the sideline, on the field. And today we're going to talk about in the stands. Everybody say in the stands. Here's right where we're going to go right out of the gate. The fans are in the stands. When you show up at a stadium, when you show up at a game, who's in the stands? The fans are in the stands. And I don't know about you, but I love being a fan, but probably more than being a fan, I love watching fans. I'm a fan watcher because there are some die-hard committed fans. 
if, uh, if you're not just wearing the jerseys, but people who put on paint, people that take off clothes and put off paint, I'm gonna be honest, I'm, I'm impressed. They don't have enough paint for me to take off my shirt in public, come on. But people who lose their mind, who are all in, who make all kinds of noise. I love, I love fans. I love those who are sold out to the game, sold out to their team, sold out to you know, what's happening in the stands. I love it. The fans are in the stands. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Jesus, Jesus over 50 times in the New Testament commands people and calls people to follow him. And beyond the 50 times recorded where he invites people to follow him, we find even beyond that, people just on their own without his call saw Jesus walking by, heard his teaching, experienced his ministry, and decided on their own to follow Jesus. And I just want to give you one verse here in John chapter 6, verse 2. It says this, it says, a huge crowd. How big of a crowd? Huge. Just for context, without getting into the text, for context, the, crew, the crowd that is following Jesus at this point is probably the largest crowd that followed Jesus during his ministry. What we know is probably there was in the range of 15 to 20,000 people following Jesus at this point. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. So again, one of the hallmarks of the ministry of Jesus was his invitation or people of their own free will to choose to follow. Everybody say follow. To follow. To follow. A follower, if you're taking notes, is someone that is enthusiastically devoted to Christ. A follower is someone who is enthusiastically devoted to Christ. That's what we find in these people. They were mesmerized by the Messiah. They were sold out to the Savior. Some of the people like the disciples, they left their careers to follow Jesus. People left stuff behind to follow Jesus. They were enthusiastic in their devotion to Christ. Now, the reason I share that is because that definition of a follower, someone who is enthusiastically devoted to Christ, is very similar to a fan. Fans are followers and followers are fans. What is a fan? A fan is somebody who's enthusiastically devoted to a team. Come on, where are all my fans at? Make some noise at all of our camps. Come on, if you're a fan, make some noise today. Enthusiastically devoted. And so, now here's what I know is not all fans are the same. I mean, isn't that true? Just in the conversation, and we'll see a little bit of this unfold today, but not all of the followers who followed Jesus had the same level of devotion. In the same way that a lot of people who follow Jesus don't have the same level of devotion. There are people who are real fans and then there are fair weather fans. There are people who are full on fanatical fans and then there are people who are bandwagon fans. And so I thought for the first week as we talk about what it means to be in the stands for you potentially as a Christ follower, maybe you're considering following Jesus and taking a step of faith and making him your savior. I just want you to know what it looks like to be a real fan of Jesus. Are you a real fan? I want to just give you five things this morning real quick. I think we can agree on these. Number one, a real fan, real fans are passionate. Real fans are passionate. Again, they, they're willing to allow their emotions to show. You may never get your husband to express any kind of emotion to you ladies, Come on, they may, you may never know what they're thinking, but get them in front of a TV, get them in the stands, and you'll know they will express some emotions. Because why? Because real fans are passionate. You've been to a game, people are willing to absolutely show all of their emotions, whether it is the passion and excitement of the moment, 
If you've ever been at a game, especially one that really counted a championship game and somebody loses, I'm just telling you, grown men are not afraid to cry. That's a fact. Players on the field and fans in the stands, they just allow all of their emotion to show. They allow all of their passion to exude. They're, they're willing to make noise. They're willing to explode. They're willing to celebrate. They're willing to jump up and down. Again, because real fans, what are real fans? Real fans are passionate, enthusiastically devoted to following Christ. Real fans in the stands are enthusiastic about following their team. But again, what I know is true is it's not always equal. Not all fans are the same. I got the opportunity when I got here, my wife and I, our family moved here to Ohio in late 2011. And the following year, I got invited by somebody who was a part of Faith Church. Uh, he said, hey, I have some tickets to the NCAA championship game. And I was like, well, let's go. Well, I found out after I accepted the invitation, it was division two and not division one. But I'm like, I mean, hey, this is still, this is a, this is a championship level game. This is gonna be incredible. Again, 2012, Bedosta State, I'm not even sure if that's pronounced correctly. I don't know, I've never heard of them. In Winston-Salem, they played right here locally, 2012 Braley Stadium. I thought this is gonna be amazing. I showed up and it was absolutely not what I expected at all. There was like 5,000 people there, which might sound like a lot. There was lots of empty seats. People are on their phones. Nobody's paying attention to the game. It was the craziest thing. It's almost like there was not a game happening because nobody cared about the teams. Nobody bought into what was happening. However, fast forward to 2015, and I got an invitation to go to the Sugar Bowl where my very own, the Ohio State Buckeyes, put some respect on that name when you say it, the Ohio State Buckeyes beat the tar out of Roll Tide. Woo! I'm just telling you, you want to talk about 100,000 screaming fans losing their mind. Everybody was jumping and high-fiving and hugging and screaming. Grown men slobbering on each other. People were excited, paint. People were cheering. People, people had on the team swag. I'm just telling you, every single seat in the stands was exuding with passion because real fans are passionate. Come on, where are my real fans at? Real fans are passionate. I saw a picture that uh, Miss Heather posted of Pastor Ron, our campus pastor in the Shoals, standing on the edge of his couch last night watching your number one ranked Alabama roll tide barely beat an unranked Texas team. Anyways, I know, I'm sorry. I told myself I wouldn't bring it up. I, I, Steve, don't do it. You'll lose the crowd. They won't respect you. They'll stop listening. I just couldn't, because I watched it. I know it's a W. I know some of you say, but it's a W. Okay. I mean, if that's what you call a W, okay. <laughs> so here's what I got to say today is, is I think in the stands, celebrations should happen in the stands. And I think celebrations should happen in the pews. I think the problem is in the disconnect for a lot of fair weather followers of Jesus is we are willing to lose our mind in the stands and we lose our passion in the pews. Did you know that you were designed for devotion? Did you know that part of your purpose is passion? When God created you, when God made you, when God uh, created you who you are, he put inside of your DNA, he put inside of who we are. When he created us again, he designed us for devotion. And that, that shows in a lot of our lives. We are de devoted and we are committed and we are passionate about lots of things in life, not just sports. Some of you are passionate and you are devoted to hunting and fishing and the way you know it is because it's how you dress, it's the truck you drive. If you go to your social media, you'll see that you're always fishing. If I walked in your house, you're gonna see the trophy buck 
in your man cave. Some of you are devoted and you're committed and you're passionate about your career. And that's what you talk about and that's what you're invested in. And man, you like making money and that's okay. Again, as a society and as a culture, we love being passionate about lots of things. But here's what I want you to know. If your passion for something outweighs your passion for God, it's an idol. Great passion, wrong object. We are called, number one is Christ followers, to be passionate and committed to Christ. That's where that should exude. And so I just want to give you a picture of what maybe that should look like. Let me just give you a few verses. Psalm 47, verse one. I would love it at all of our campuses if we read these out loud together. Psalm 47, verse one. Come on, let's read it. Come, who? Look at the person next to you and say, this is for you. Come, everyone, clap your hands and shout to God with joyful praise. I wonder if we can do that today at all our camps. Can we clap our hands and shout to God with joyful praise? I love the enthusiasm of the house. Did you know the word enthusiasm comes from the Greek words entheos, which means God within? If anybody should have entheos, if anybody should have enthusiasm, it's not the hunters, it's not the career followers, it's not the people who are in the stands of football games, it is Christ followers that has the presence of God in us, and we are the children, the sons and daughters of God, and we get to celebrate our creator and our savior, Jesus. Come on, clap your hands and shout to God with a joyful praise. Here's one, Psalm 98, verse four. Let's read it. Shout to the Lord, who? All the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. I've heard people say, it's too loud here. (laughs) Have you ever heard people say that? It's loud here. You guys have the music so loud. I have been to lots of games. I have yet to say anybody, anybody ever say, you know, the the band is too loud. Can you have them come down? Where Where are the earplugs? People are just clapping too loud. I'm sorry. Let me go back to my scriptures. Psalm 63, verse four. Come on, everybody. I will praise you as long as I live. Come on, let's do this together. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Come on, what are we doing? We are lifting up our hands to him in prayer. Let me give you one more. Psalm 30, verse four. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. Now, here's what I want you to just real quick take away is notice that none of these are options. Hey, if you feel like it, you're good and caffeinated, you got a good night's sleep, clap your hands. Hey, if you're comfortable and you don't want to disrupt anybody, go ahead and shout. Notice that all of these are listed as commands. And it is this call, this idea that people who are mesmerized by the Messiah, People who are sold out to the Savior. True fans of Jesus should be passionate in our praise. It is a shame that our culture has hijacked celebration into the stands of football while it's absent on Sunday morning in the seats of sanctuaries. This should be the place of passion because we have a God who's done for us what no football team or ever sports figure can ever do for us. He laid down his life to make us sons and daughters. Come on, somebody. And so let me just ask you a question. Are you passionate? Now, I know some of you are like, Pastor, wait a minute. You don't understand. I was raised Church of Christ. Doesn't matter. I was raised, we're quiet in the Methodist church. We don't like, we don't like to make a lot of noise. 
Well, I like your Methodism, but I like biblical theology better. I, I know, I, I know, I know. You're like, I thought this was going to be a fun series. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you that you might be in this place and your theological upbringing has robbed you from being passionate about your Savior. Or maybe your personality. And I get it, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like to sing. Pastor, I know it doesn't look like it, but when my hands are in my pocket, I'm just, I'm praising in my own way. Well, praising in your way is spirituality. Praising God's way is biblical theology. And biblical theology is that we are people who shout. We are people who sing. We are people who lift our hands. We are people who clap. That's not for Pentecostals and Charismatics. That's for children of the Most High God who have a Savior who laid down everything for him. And we're willing to lay down everything. Come on, somebody. I just, I just wonder what would happen if every single Sunday, y'all know, what, y'all know what the 12th man is, right? The 12th man is this idea that the fans in the stands create an atmosphere for the winning team on the field. I wonder what would happen if every single Sunday we walked into this place, every single service, you showed up ready to clap your hands. You showed up Lawrenceburg ready to sing. You showed up Shoals ready to, ready to shout. What if we showed up every single Sunday and we created an atmosphere where people could step into the presence of God and they could walk out of this place free because we ushered in the presence with our praise. Come on, somebody. Real fans. Now, if you want to be a fair weather fan, keep your hands in your pocket. But real fans, real fans are passionate. Let's move on from that. Real fans, number two, are promotional. Promotional. When I say real fans are promotion, what I mean by that is uh, you can spot it. You don't have to go to the stands to find a real fan. You can see a real fan in every day. And that was never more apparent till I came to Florence, Alabama. <laughs> Holy cow. Do you Alabama fans like your houndstooth and your letter A's? I'm telling you, like, I just, sometimes I just wanna ask people, do you own any clothes that don't have an A on it? I mean, it's cool. It's cool, but I, Whoever has the rights to that letter A is making some fat bank off of people from Alabama. (laughs) Shirts and hats and bumper stickers and Christmas decorations. Jesus is behind the house in the manger scene. Y'all got a big red letter A on the front yard. Roll Tide. I mean, Merry Merry Christmas to you too. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Listen, this is how you know when you're in the South. As a pastor... Sometimes I'll get in circles and pray. This is true, Father. Just so thankful for your grace and your mercy. Lord, show up today in, in, in this service. God, move on people's lives. Let every, people, every person walk in this place. God, let them leave with life change in Jesus' name. And you're going to get somebody in that circle and be like, roll time. <laughs> so now we all know that's true. And so here's what I want you to know. Listen, real fans, real fans. Are you a real fan? Real fans are promotional. In the same way, you shouldn't have to go to a stadium to spot a real fan. You shouldn't have to go to church to spot a real follower. Your following should spill outside of what happens on Sunday morning. And again, I'm not talking about for Christ followers, fans of Jesus. I'm not talking about bumpy bumper stickers and t-shirts and coffee mugs. I'm talking about the way we live out loud our faith should let everybody know that we are passionate enthusiastic followers of Jesus. The way Jesus said it was this way. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men 
that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What Jesus was saying is, live so out loud for me that it's so easy to spot that people want to follow the God you're following. Are you promotional? Are you promotional? Here's another thought. Here's another thought. I want you to look around. Look around at all of our campuses. Is there an empty seat next to you? Is there an empty seat next to you? We got some empty seats. Let me just ask you a question. If you had season tickets, if you had four season tickets, how many times would you let those, those seats go empty? You wouldn't. You would make sure you're inviting somebody to the big game. And yet every Sunday we got empty seats. What is more likely to change the life of your friend and your family member? Watching Alabama barely beat an unranked Texas team? <laughs> or passionate, passionately celebrating? the savior of the world. I just want to just challenge you. If you are passionate and you're a real fan, you're going to be promotional and you're going to be in, begin to invite people. This is exactly what we find in the New Testament. Watch this. In John chapter one, as Jesus invites his disciples, notice what happens. It says this, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, what did he say? Come, come follow me. Jesus said to Philip, hey, come follow me. Two verses later, watch this, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. What Philip said to Nathanael is, I'm following Jesus. I'm gonna be promotional about the one I'm following. Come and follow the one I'm following. The way we say it here at Faith Church is, found people, find people. If you have been found by Christ, and it's changed your life. The greatest thing that you could ever do on planet earth is to invite somebody to follow the one you're following. Amen. Are you promotional? Number three, number three, everybody shout real fans. Real. Ask somebody next to you, are you a real fan? Ask them, are you a real fan? Ty, are you a real fan? You a real fan? Real fans are knowledgeable. Isn't this true? If you're a real fan, here's what's crazy is, I'm a bigger fan of basketball, so I just have to just, let me just divert. I'm a much bigger fan of basketball than I am football, and I'm less of a fan. I just have watched less basketball over the last couple years since LeBron went to the Lakers. Anyways, <laughs> there was a time, truly, I could name the starting five on every single NBA basketball team. I could name the starting five on every single basketball team. Now think about this. When you're a real fan, you're educational. Like you're educated. You, you, know, you know the starting team. You know, you, know their, you know their schedule. You know their plays. You know their names. You know the coach's name. When you're a real fan of a team, you know everything about that team. And I think that's okay. And I, one of the things I found out moving here to the South was this guy, Paul Feinbaum. I thought how, and I've listened to him and the, I get it, Mr. SCC. How can you talk about SEC football three hours a day, every day of the year? I'm like, what is there to, what is there to say in June? Paul found something to talk about. And if I was to get into conversation with you, probably many of you here in Florence are Lawrenceburg or Shoals, you could tell me about the plays, the players, the schedule of your favorite teams. You know why? And that's okay because real fans are educated. Here's what I need to know from you is, are you as educated about following Jesus as you are educated about following a team? I, 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 know, you know, I know you know the players, the starting of 11 of the offense of your favorite team. Do you know the starting 12 of team Jesus? Can you name three of the disciples? 
Can you name anybody out of the hall of faith? Can you name Gideon, Jephthah? Can you name Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph? Can you name Deborah? See, man, we know our team. We know who the second string quarterback, third string quarterback, we know it all. But do we know really because real fans of Christ were educated? And we just don't know the players. Again, I know a lot of people, they know the plays. Whether it's a play action, whether it's a sweep, whether it's a quarterback sneak, they can talk about the favorite plays of their team. Some of you know what play is going to be run by your team before they run it because you watch them so regularly. Do you know the plays of the Bible? Do you know the offensive plays of the Bible called prayer and fasting? Do you know the defensive plays of the Bible called spiritual warfare? We should be educated. We know the terminology of the game. If you talk to a Fairweather fan or someone who's not a fan, they couldn't tell you what a punt is. They couldn't tell you what a kick return is. They, couldn't, they just don't know. They don't know what the end zone is. But real fans, they can talk about all the terminology of the game. Can you talk about the terminology of our theology of following Jesus? The foundation of our faith is that we are saved by grace through faith. Can you talk about the authority of scripture, the divinity of Jesus? Can you talk about justification, sanctification? Some of you are like, Pastor, what, what are you talking about? I have no idea the words that are coming out of your mouth. Well, you should, because I'm talking about the plays of the faith. I'm talking about living our life on the field of faith. And we have people, man, that can scream. They know everything there is to know about Coach Saban. You can tell me how many championships he's won, how old he is, how big his contract is. And we know so little about the Jesus we're following or the scriptures we're reading. You don't have to figure it out all today. Don't anybody in this room or anybody of our campuses, do not allow me to put condemnation on you. But if you are a real fan, you should be growing. Are you growing in your knowing? Are you growing in your knowing? You don't have to know it all today, but do you know more today than you did last week? Do you know more this year than you did last year? We should have not just information, but we should have a more intimate connection to our creator. This is what being a Christ follower, a fan of Jesus is all about. Number four, real quick. Number four, y'all with me today? Make some noise. Come on, clap, clap your hands and shout for joy one more time. Somebody's like, I'm clapping now, but we ain't coming back next week. <laughs> number four, real fans. What are they? They're committed. Everybody knows this is true. If you know anything about me, where, where did you get your favorite team from? Typically, it's where we were born. It's the house we were raised in. A lot of times, like our favorite team was picked for us. I was born in East, Northeast Ohio, so I'm a diehard, committed Cleveland fan. The, you know, the Cleveland Guardians, <coughs> Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Cavs, and they have been perpetual losers. Thank you, Jesus, for sending LeBron James to break a 50-year drought and finally bring a champion. But it doesn't matter. And every year, as a Cleveland Browns fan, every year we are as, as bad as you could possibly be. And it's so funny, like halfway through the season, I'm like, I'm never watching this team again. I hate this team. They suck. I know you can't say that in church, but I, they suck. I can't watch them anymore. And then you get to the end of the year, you're like, maybe next year they'll be better. And they get a couple draft picks and we're like, this is the year. We're gonna win a championship. And then it's just 50 years. Someone called the Cleveland Stadium a factory of sadness. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I don't care win or lose. I'm a fan. I'm committed. I'm, I'm not an Atlanta Braves fan. 
I'm not a Hawks fan. I'm not a Tennessee Titans fan, but I know that's the area I live in. And I'll just tell you this, and when I got here, everybody's trying to convert me. Are you going to be an Alabama fan? Are you going to be an Auburn fan? Neither. I, I was raised in Ohio. I'm a Buckeye fan till I die. Come on. Go Buckeyes. Dumbest mascot ever, but the Ohio State, go Buckeyes. Our mascot is a nut. And someone got paid for that decision. That, that's beyond me. But anyways. But how many people know what I'm talking about? Like whatever team that you're a fan, you're a fan no matter what happens. If, if it works out, whether they win or whether they lose. And if you have a conversation, you ever ask somebody, hey, what's your favorite team? And they answer with more than one team right away. You're like, you're not a real fan. Well, I like Auburn and Alabama. No, you're not even a real fan. Real fans have one team. And I just want you to know something. When you are a real fan of Jesus, when you are a real follower of Christ, you're committed and your faith isn't up and down. I'm not saying you don't go through different seasons and times, but you're not in for one weekend and out on the next weekend, in for one season and out. You are committed. Whether God answers your prayers the way you think he should or not, he is my savior, he is my Lord. He laid it all down for me and I laid it all down for him forever. Come on, I am a follower and a fan of Jesus. And right now, let me just say this. this is gonna, if I've not made you mad yet, this will do it. This right here, I, this, Lord, guard their heart. Jesus, you said offense will come. Lord, here it comes. One of the things that I'm, I'm good at that's helped me as a leader grow this church and through God's grace is I track metrics. We measure what matters. We measure what matters. We, we measure attendance. We measure baptisms. We measure grow you. We measure people serving. We measure people in connect group. And we figure out how can we help that? How can we make that process better, easier, quicker, more efficient, more efficient, more effective? And I can tell you on any given Sunday roughly what our attendance can be. Because based on years growth, we always have the same trends. I can tell you what Sundays we're going to be up and what Sundays we're going to be down. Do you know what Sundays? I can tell you every single Sunday, a Sunday we're going to be down. You ready? You ready? You ready? If a football team, specifically Alabama, has a late night game, attendance will be down. If they have a late night game and they lose, attendance will be way down. I'm just telling you, what would happen? See, real fans, here's what real fans say about football. Real fans say, I know it's a late game, but I'm not gonna miss the game. But what about real fans of Jesus? What happened if you said, hey, I gotta go to bed early because I'd rather miss the game than miss church? Come on, see, that's what I came to talk about today is we got too many people who say they're real followers of Jesus that fall out of church way too easy. And the current, uh, the current stats tell us that in this nation, a person considers themselves a regular attender of church if they come once a month. Now, I'm just telling you, there's no real fan of Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, Ohio State, or any other team that would say they're a real fan and they only watch one out of every four games. They catch every single game and they go to the ones they can. See, I told you all I'd get you offended. Okay. Hey, 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 I'm just telling you, listen again, I'll keep saying it. Football can never do for you what Christ has already done for you. He is worthy of all of our praise. Let's get back to the house. And when we're here, let's get passionate while we're in the stands. That's what real fans do. Fairweather fans fall away. Fairweather fans fall away. I want to read this to you in that same group that was following Jesus that I started with in John chapter six. Listen to what it says. John chapter six, verse 66 to 68. Jesus was saying some things that the crowd didn't like. There will be times you will hear me say things that you don't necessarily like. 
But my goal is never to hurt you. My goal is always to help you. My goal is never to push you down. It's always to try to pull you up. It's never to demotivate your faith. It's always to motivate you into a more effective spiritual journey. So Jesus, he's teaching, he's preaching. Some of the crowd don't like it. John chapter six, verse 66, it was a huge crowd. But at this point, many of his disciples, what did they do? They deserted him. They turned away. But I want you to notice this next part. If you don't hear anything else I say this service, I want you to hear this. Lots of people abandoned Jesus. He had momentum and mad crowds, people passionate and screaming his name, people willing to lay down everything to follow him. But the huge crowd that started following him was not the same crowd at the cross. Two people at the cross, two, John and Mary. But I want you to notice this. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also gonna leave? Are you gonna get mad at me? Are you gonna abandon me? Are you gonna deconvert? Are you gonna walk away? I want us to read this together. Peter's answer should be ours. Simon Peter replied every voice, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. I don't like everything you say, Jesus. I'm just gonna tell you, I don't like every challenge Jesus has given me. I don't like all the commands I'm called to follow. I don't always like loving my neighbor but where else can we go? Pastor, all religions are equal. No, they're not. Every other major world religion is about man's effort to connect with God. Christianity is the only religion, if you wanna use that word, where it's not about mankind reaching up to divinity. It was about divinity reaching down to humanity. That God sent his son, Jesus, who left his place in paradise, in heaven, at the right hand of the Father, wrapped himself in humanity and he came where we are so we can go where he is. That's the difference. Are you following Jesus? Are you a real fan? Let me give you the last one real quick. Number five, real five, number five, real fans. Are you ready? Real fans get out of the stands. I don't know if you knew this, but again, so many of us have raised our hands at all of our camps. Hey, I'm a fan. We've been to games. Did you know, maybe you didn't know this, but just think about this for a minute. Did you know that when sports were created, sports were never created for spectators. It was always created for participators. The first football game didn't have fans. It had a group of guys, group of friends on the field, figuring out how to throw a pigskin. But through the evolution of time and the game, it went from a a sport of participation to a sport of spectation. That people became fans and started paying professionals to play the game in front of them. And I don't know if you ca caught that, but that's exactly what unfortunately has happened to the American church. Is instead of, instead of us playing the sport of faith together, y'all pay the professionals to play it for you while you spectate. And Jesus has called all of us to follow him all of us to be passionate about him, all of us to be educated about him, all of us to be promotional about him. And he's called us at the end of the day. If you walked in here, I'm so glad you're here. And you're like, pastor, I didn't sign up to follow yet. Like, I just wanted to come check this place out. Thanks for showing up. But at some point, if you're a serious follower of Jesus, you will get out of that seat and you will get in the game. You will personally follow Jesus. Here at Faith Church, that's one of the things we tell people, get off the bench and get in the game. 
A fan of Jesus is a next level follower. And so I just wanna give us three things real quick as we close. Number one, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus at all, or if you're in Lawrenceburg or Shoals, I wanna give you an opportunity this morning to, to follow Jesus. Why would I follow him? I've told you multiple times today because he's the one who loves you, who gave all of he was to you to make a way for your sin to be forgiven, for you to be reconnected to your creator. Jesus died on the cross, but on the third day, he rose from the dead. That's the gospel. Because he lives, we live. If your faith is in Jesus. And so if you're at any of our camps, you've never given your life to Christ, I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. And I wanna give you a chance, men, men, this is your opportunity. You said yes to Alabama, yes to Auburn. Today, I want you to say yes to Jesus. Ladies, young adults, whoever you are, whatever stage of life you find yourself, Jesus is the hope of the world. And so if you're here, you wanna give your life to Christ, I'm gonna pray this prayer. You can follow me, say, Jesus, I believe that you're the hope of the world that you died on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive me, to come into my life, to save me and help me from this day forward to follow you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody agree, said amen. Did anybody pray that for the first time? Just throw a hand up real quick. Anybody pray that for the first time? Come on, anybody? You trust the Lord. Number two, here's what we're gonna do because real followers, we get out of the stands. I just wanna make an appeal. Listen, every single week at Faith Church, what makes a huge church like this work is not paid professionals doing it. It's lots of people who call themselves fans of Jesus, finding a place to serve. And we have people serving graciously, giving their time out in our parking lot, our guest services team, greeters and ushers, our production team on cameras and running sound, our children's teams on and on and on. Lots of people who make what we do possible. And the reason we're all serving the positions we're serving is because Sunday morning is Super Bowl Sunday. And we want every single person to walk onto this campus, to know their love, to know their value, to know they're appreciated, that they can have a smile coming in, a handshake, get a good cup of coffee. Their kids are loved and taken care of. They can be a part of a service where they are ministered to through worship and through the word, and they can leave with life change. That can only happen because so many of you sacrifice and give to serve. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, Shoals. Thank you, Lawrenceburg. But if you're here and you've been here for a little while and you're not serving, I wanna make an appeal. We need you, frankly. As, as we get more and more post-COVID, we're continuing to grow as a church. We can only do what we do because people serve. But number two, not just because we need you, because that's what a real fan does. We have a process called Grow You. Typically, it's an online process. We're gonna do something called a fast pass. There's a design right behind me. If you're here and you're not serving on a team, I wanna help you get on a team. You can take a picture of the QR code. You can text the word fast pass to 97,000, fast pass to 97,000. It'll take you through a short process. And next Sunday, next Sunday during the 11 o'clock service in Lawrenceburg and right here in Florence, during the 10 o'clock service in Muscle Shoals, we're gonna have a, a fast pass, a one hour gathering to get you through Grow You and get you connected to a team so you can get out of the stands and get on the field. And I just wanna make an appeal. I just read this stat about two weeks ago, the longer you're in a church and choose not to serve, the less likely you are to ever serve. So if you've been here for a while and you're not serving, you are running the risk of getting in a rut 
and not getting out of the stands. We'll help you find a place that fits your personality, fits your gifts, and we can do great things together if we serve together. Number four, or number three, before we go, I wanna invite all of our campuses you to stand to your feet. And I just thought we could just be passionate before we leave today. I thought we could put into practice some of the scriptures we read. I wonder for just maybe the next two or three minutes before we go, who's willing to shout for joy? Who's willing to raise their hands? Who's willing to clap? Who's willing to sing? Come on, I just wanna encourage everybody to get out of where they've been, to get into where we need to be. Let's create an atmosphere of praise to the one who gave it all. Where are all my real fans of Jesus at? Come on and shout to God with the voice of triumph and clap your hands.